You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, everybody. If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. To get your free copy, just send a text to 44222 with the word seven habits. That's the number seven habits to 44222. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. As a matter of fact, this is the second time he was on the podcast. In his first episode, which was episode 95, you know, we talked about how to turn your employees into influencers to stimulate growth. But today, we kind of have a special episode, and I want to congratulate him on the release of a new book. His name is Ryan Foland, and he believes in simplicity of messaging and simply being you. He's recognized for his expertise when it comes to marketing people which is most commonly known as personal branding. In his new book, Ditch the Act, published by McGraw-Hill, Ryan shares the art of being perfectly imperfect. For fun, Ryan sales, draws stick figures and raps. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Thanks, buddy. It's great to be here again. (laughs) Yes, thank you for coming back. I didn't completely screw it up. I didn't scare you away to the point where you decided you didn't want to come on the show again, so I must have done okay. We'll see if we can kind of step up the game today. But speaking of stepping up the game, it sounds like you've stepped up the game a bit with this new book. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. Uh, It's more like a three-year step (laughs) from concept to publishing. Uh, It's been one of the longer projects that I've been involved with, but it's a project that has been super exciting, super stressful, super everything. (laughs) Yeah. And you're like mid-launch right now. The book's going to go live October 25th, correct? That is correct. And you'll be able to get it in any bookstores. You'll be able to get it on Amazon, online, offline, pretty much everywhere, right? Because it's tr- yeah. traditionally published book, which is adds a whole new excite- level of excitement to it. Because how cool is it going to be when you walk into a bookstore and your book is sitting on the shelf? It'll be cool. What'll be cooler is when I'm traveling uh, in an airport in some random city and I see it up on the shelf of the bestsellers lists. Uh, there in the random bookstores in the airport. I, I do a lot of traveling and I always see that little rack. I'm like, all right, I can't wait to see this ginger book. By the way, I'm ginger and the book is ginger. So, I mean, hello, it's a big old bright orange cover that you can't miss. It should jump off the shelf into your bag. Love it. Well, listen, yeah. just to give everybody, tease everybody a little bit about today, we have a really, it's, it's a very cool topic. We talked about kind of how we were going to frame this to try to make sure that we could do do it justice. And it's, we're going to talk about how to use your failures as a growth strategy. Now that seems very counterintuitive, but that's kind of the premise of this whole book. And so we're going to dive into that in a minute, but give, you know, for those of them, those are the people listening that didn't get to listen to episode 95. And I would highly recommend you go back and check that out. Give everybody a quick intro, talk a little bit about kind of how you got here. And then we're going to dive into this, uh, this new book. Yeah, well, well, how did I get here? Uh, there's a long story. You got 23 minutes? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, I'm here as a result of everything that's gone wrong. And you have a choice to look at that and say, woe is me, boo-hoo, everything that has not gone right. But 
you know, you, you have another choice of using it to basically build who you are. And this book is probably one of the pieces of content that I think I'm most proud to have out there because it not only shares my story. And when I say story, I'm talking about the good, the bad, and my version of ugly. But it also showcases a number of other people that have utilized their own human ability to be human to get ahead. And if I look back at how I got to how I am here, there was a long period of time where I thought to get here, I needed to portray all of the good. I needed to portray my picturesque professionalism. I needed to pronounce everything correctly. I needed to have everything polished and perfect. As a professional speaker, I needed to walk that talk and talk that talk, but I didn't get much traction. <laughs> and by doing what everyone else said should be done, I, I really didn't go anywhere. And it was only when I started to really get more comfortable in my own skin, appreciate my loudness and sort of my own quirks and qualms. And when I started to share those, I really feel like people began to get to know me. And so I feel that my quote unquote success is really directly proportional to how willing I've been to put myself out there, be a little bit vulnerable and talk about uh, some of the big, the big losses and how they've helped me to continue to win. So without getting into too much, it's, uh, I am here as a result of constantly trying to become better. And the best thing that I've found recently, which has moved the needle in terms of hundreds of thousands of followers, paid speaking gigs around the world, working with some of the most amazing high-level clients and getting paid to share my opinion is by just opening up and being a little bit more rough around the edges. And it's just been so much, so much less stress, less anxiety to try to, you know, keep up with the Kardashians. Uh, I'm, I'm keeping up with the Follins. I'm just sort of creating my own, blazing my own trail one tweet at a time. And, and that's what's really exciting is just being here, being me, being present and essentially ditching the act. It, it's, it's become a lifestyle as a result of writing this book. So I embody it. I, I love it. And I'm really excited to share the concept with everybody. Love it. Listen, that whole concept of ditching the act and, and kind of showing your, your soft underbelly, you know, where, you've, where you're a little more vulnerable, right? That, that's scary for a lot of people. I mean, I know, you know, I've gotten better at it over the years, but I could definitely, definitely improve. You know, there's always room for improvement. But I can see how that this would be kind of a scary proposition. Tell everybody a little bit about about your business and how you work with personal brands, because I know a lot of what you do is in the personal branding space. Can you talk to that for a minute, just so everybody has a sense as to exactly what your business does? Absolutely. So we help people to solve the problem that they have of building a digital footprint that showcases their whole self. And we are definitely on the more expensive side of things with a, a full white glove service. We have our personal branding courses that are more affordable for somebody who wants the DIY model. But what's interesting about what we do is when we talk with clients who want to work with us, by the way, as a result of building our personal brands, we don't do any outbound marketing. All of the leads that we get, all of the pings, they're all internal. People see our content, they see us speak, they want to reach out and work with us, which is one of the biggest benefits of this type of a personal branding strategy. So when we have a potential client, we let them know <laughs> exactly what you had uh, basically mentioned, that 
what we are going to help you with is not going to be comfortable. We are not going to just sort of put a bright, shiny polish on what you have. Uh, when the polish actually comes off, that's when you start to shine. And so we tell people up front, what we are going to work with you on is going to be a bit counterintuitive. And we're going to help you develop a bio that showcases more than just your highlights. We're going to make sure that we're incorporating stories that you have not shared with people into the content that you're creating. And to be honest, uh, a lot of clients are initially sort of, they put their hands up and they're like, wait, wait, wait a minute. I'm hiring you to help me look good. And we come back and we say, no, you are hiring us to help you become human, especially on your online and on your offline platforms. You know, I really see a fluidity between online and offline. And it's when you start to see a difference between the two that, that you might sort of fragment how you're bringing your messaging out there. So with the full uh, with the full shebang, we do everything from content creation. It's more of an agency model to strategy to branding to sort of helping through what makes sense for that client. And the personal branding courses really have a full spectrum from beginning, middle to end. And what I find, Dennis, which is exciting but also frustrating for people, is that most of the people who are serious about building a personal brand, people who are looking to hire professionals, there's a good chance that they're doing the right things, but there's an even better chance that they're doing the right things in the wrong order. And I was guilty of this. And I know a number of people who are guilty of this. You're writing blogs, you're creating content, you're doing all these things that you think and you know you need to do, but you still don't get traction. And that's where we come in and we help create that human element. We help people to get vulnerable and we show them how being vulnerable is one of their greatest growth tools possible. And right there with that growth tool is the fear of sharing that information that you maybe haven't shared yet. Got it. Perfect. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think I have a better understanding. So do you work with a lot of personal brands or is it more corporate brands on the, on the full service stuff or do you do a little bit of both? So we actually try to convince corporations that the best thing they can do is put their employees and their executives in front of the company. And I believe that people are sick of doing business with businesses and people want to do business with people. And you see this as a, as a trend. And so if somebody wants to hire us to help brand their company, we say, sorry, we're not going to brand your company, but we will help put you in front of your company and brand you, which then drives business back to the company. Uh, when I'm out there promoting what I do, it's me, it's Ryan Foland. And then I happen to have a company that helps you out behind. So we work with executives within the company. We work with companies to help uh, basically mobilize their de facto brand ambassadors, which are their employees. And if employers aren't supporting the personal brands of their employees, they're missing one of the greatest organic outreach tools that they have that no paid marketing can trump. Yeah. And that's what we talk about in episode 95 when you were here the first time. So yeah. I definitely would suggest people check that out. All right, listen, We've held people long enough. Let's dive into this topic. The concept today that you're going to unpack for us is how to use your failures as a winning growth strategy. Okay. So why don't you help unpack that a little bit for us? I'm sure there's going to be some questions in between, but I'm excited to dive in. Yeah. So three is a magic number. That's why there's three little pigs and three little bears. And that's why everything is fits in three. So I'd like to approach this in three steps. First is understanding that no one cares about your story. Yes, I said that. And I will say it again. No one cares about your story. That may seem counterintuitive because people talk about how storytelling is your greatest asset. It is, but here's the reality. People care about how they see themselves in your story. I'm going to say that again because this is huge. People don't care about your story. They care about how they see themselves in your story. 
And if all you're doing is sharing the stories of success and the short, the stories where things have gone right and they've gone good and that you've landed the deals and you're on the podcast and everything seems to be amazing, then you're missing a huge opportunity to relate with people who don't have that success yet, who don't have not gotten to that point. And if they're looking at you as a thought leader and all you're doing is sharing your success stories, you are not relating to the people that need your help the most. And so in order to use your failures as a growth strategy, you have to start sharing your failures. And that's really the first step of it. The second step is to uncover those stories. And we do that in the book Dipsy Act through what we have created called an exposure resume. It's essentially taking, just like a resume highlights all the good, the exposure resume highlights all of the bad, all of your version of ugly. And the third component of this is knowing how to essentially start to ditch the act in a way that it doesn't make it seem like all of a sudden you've lost it and that you're just sort of going off the wall saying, hey, here's everything that's gone wrong. So if we look at those three parts, the first is about sharing more than just the successes. And it really comes down to relatability. The one thing we can count on in this life we live as humans is that things will go wrong. I am holding on to my fifth water bottle of the year. I am now touching my second AirPod based on the fact that I've lost one individual AirPod and then I lost the whole package at another conference. Daily, weekly, monthly, we have things that don't go right. And I've found that the tweets that are the most engaged, the posts that get the most traction are not the posts that are showcasing highlights or me speaking at an event. They're where I'm kind of admitting that I'm human, like wearing uh, a shirt at the gym backwards and not realizing it until after my workout or having a pimple before I go on a, uh, on a big keynote and it's stressing me out. And so the idea is first understanding that the real way to connect with people is to get them to know you. And if yeah. you can get them to know you, you get them to like you and trust you. So what has your experience with this been? As I know that you, you don't only share the good, you oftentimes sort of uncover something that's challenging or that's going wrong and you put it out there. And it looks like those get more responses and, and give people a chance to engage because they relate to it. Yeah. When you were talking, I was kind of sitting here doodling and the word relatable just came out. And it's a word that I use in a different format a lot. I use the word relevance, right? And being relevant to whoever your audience is means that you have to be transparent and open, like you said, about the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? And so sometimes people don't want you to be perfect. If you're perfect, all of a sudden they can't relate. You're not relevant to them. They want to find somebody that can't, that they can relate to. And so I think those stories, and again, I have definitely on LinkedIn and particularly on LinkedIn, because that's my primary platform, you know, I've definitely used some of those stories where I've made big mistakes and blunders and, and just, you know, failed miserably. And, you know, and those have been some of the most engaging posts. And I think, you know, you get really great feedback, you get tons of engagement from it, because people, you know, they kind of want to cheer you on and relate back and, talk about a little bit about their story of how you're similar. And that's, that's, that's really what you're going for, right? Absolutely. And the thing to add on top of that is that it gives your audience a way to add value to you. And that's important because if you're out there always delivering value and you're sharing your content and you're saying, here's what I think, and here's the three tips for this, and this is what I did, and here's another thing that can motivate you during your day, it can be imbalanced. 
And if you don't give, like imagine a conversation where you don't get any word in, like the person just talks every single moment, you're not going to reflect on that as a positive conversation. And think of your relationship with people that you build online in the same way. If all you're doing is talking at them, you're not talking with them. And when you actually ask your audience to participate and you give them an opening of participating in a way that they feel comfortable sharing that that also went wrong for them, then you're really creating not just relevance, not just relatability, but truly connection. And if you think of like your good friends and your family, you feel comfortable sharing things that haven't gone right because there's so much trust and there's so much love. And it works in reverse order. If you start to share things that are more personal and your underbelly, as you talked about, it lets people feel like you're trusting them with that information and their instinct will be to help or to give you advice. And there's nothing more powerful than having your audience, your, your target market, reach out to you and help you out. It just creates this bond that doesn't come from a one-sided conversation. Totally agree. Yeah. I mean, it's very, it's one of those strategies where engagement, it'll really enhance the overall engagement of your content. Like if you're, if you're the type of person who posts things on LinkedIn or Twitter or whatever platform, and you know, you typically don't get a lot of engagement with it, this type of strategy where you're showing kind of your, you know, some of your weaknesses and some of your flaws and some of your failures, I'm totally convinced that you will have people that will rally around you and because of that relatability and because of that, almost like that reciprocity that you were talking about where you've, you've been giving, 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 well, it's okay. Give them an opportunity to give you, right? If you go to lunch every time and you buy, you buy lunch for your friend every single time you go and you never give them the opportunity to buy you lunch, you know, they never get the opportunity to feel that, right? Or be a part of that. So it's, I just think it's, I think it's an important concept. So I love that first step. I think that's really important. Let's talk about this whole exposure resume. Let's talk about that. Yes, yes. So it's completely counterintuitive. We are taught that you do your best, you showcase your best, you put it all on the resume, you get the buzzwords, you get everything that looks as good as possible, and then that's what you should be judged on. Or in higher uh, education, sometimes you'll get a CV that is like 20 some odd pages long, and it's like every single piece of thing that you can point to saying, look at me how great I am, that's it there is a way better approach at relating to people, right? We're not trying to impress people, we're trying to relate to people. And so the exposure resume, think of it as the exact opposite as an actual resume. And there's really three steps if I were to boil it down. There's that three again. And number one is try to ask yourself, what is a secret that you've been hiding from everybody because you're fearful of what they will think about you? That's step number one. Now that's scary. You're like, wait uh, a minute. That's good, I like that. <laughs> step two, you have to ask yourself, why are you so scared of telling others about that event or that moment? And what makes you feel so ashamed about it? Right? I mean, this is really looking inside of saying, wow, that didn't go right. Now, what is it? Why am I not sharing that? And, and what am I ashamed about? And then third, you have to ask yourself, how do you feel people will treat you or think about you if you told them the truth? And that, that's it right there. For each of these moments in your life, if you think about what you've been hiding from, why you feel like you've been hiding it, and what people will think about, you'll start to realize that like, the results of this can be really powerful. Because what it allows you to do is, is a number of things. It allows you to control your own narrative. It allows you to be honest with yourself and others. 
It allows you to attract genuine and honest people into your life. It will help you create deeper relationships with others and, and spark that trust. It will give people a chance to follow you because they can relate to you. And what the exposure resume does in the book, we explain how you come up with these stories and then you put them in what we call your exposure bank. And this exposure bank is like this bank account with all of these stories that you haven't shared. But in uncovering why you haven't shared them is really the magic of why you should share them. Now, I'm not trying to get all you know metaphysical right now, but when you share what goes wrong and you position that as a way of showing your experience, it actually builds your expertise. And this is a huge problem in the marketplace right now is somebody will just pop up out of nowhere and be like, hey, I'm an expert in this. Look at me. I'm the expert. I'm the round round expert. Tim Ferriss says, I only have to know a little bit more than everybody else to be an expert. So technically, I'm an expert. Don't get me started. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> okay, good, good. We're on the same page. We could talk for 25 minutes about that. But here's the difference in this approach. One person that we, we're not going to get into that says, I'm an expert. The other person says, look at what I've experienced. Look at the lessons that I've learned and look at how I've changed as a result of that. I am now speaking from experience, which helps to show you, not tell you, my expertise. And for the same reason that uh, you don't want to, maybe there's this classic tension of like the used car salesman who is just basically trying to, to say, this is what you need. It's more of an organic experience now, say like Carvana, where you are giving the control to the customer to search and see and understand what makes sense for them. So by choosing to share the stories that didn't go right, it allows people to see themselves in your story. And why the exposure bank is because when you're creating content, when you're creating what ends up being thought leadership, when you start with your experience with a story, it puts you in a place of expertise. So when we help, when we help our clients create content and when we share in the book how people can create more effective content that sparks growth is starting with a story. And it helps you get past the crock brain. It helps people get to know you. And when you are sharing these stories, it builds that relatability, that relevancy, and it opens up people to seeing you as an expert, as opposed to you telling people that you're an expert. Love it. Well, listen, let's talk about, about that third step for just a minute or two. And then we're going to ask a couple more questions. And we'll have to wrap it up for today. But I definitely want you to touch on that, that third step, that third little pig, right? Yeah. So if you're hearing me and this resonates, you're like, all right, I'm willing to look at the things that I'm scared about doing, what I'm frightened of and my failures and use that for growth. But like, how do I start? The answer is starting small. I think a lot of people out there, they want to be more vulnerable. They want to show their authentic self, but they don't know how to make that jump. Because if you've only been sharing posts that make you look amazing, how do you share that you lost a deal? Or how do you share that that something's going wrong in your life without making it seem like you've lost your S, right? The idea is to start small. And in the book, we break down five levels of exposure. Level one, two, three, and four, which increase in the frighteningness that you will feel to share. And level five are the things that you should not share. And what happens is that by starting to share level one, which is really just silly little things you do or don't do, like spilling a beverage, misplacing your keys, or something that you wouldn't think has any value, 
to put out there, once you start to share that, people will start to engage. Everyone's lost their keys. Everyone has been in traffic that frustrates them. Everybody has bumped into a wall, spilt water on themselves and lost something. When you have the ability to show your imperfect, people will start to warm up to the idea that you're a real human. And then level two is when you start to share stories that include conflicts and challenges with other people, things that other people can relate to because everyone has been in some sort of a challenge when it comes to a relationship. Now you're building people up from level one to level two. And then level three is when you can start to share some of the things that make you feel nervous or the challenges that you face from say like financial capacity or from a failed business or from a failed marriage. And then level three is even more extreme. Things maybe you've been involved with litigation or things that uh, you've lost that have been of high value or, or really traumatic things. And as you start to build up this tolerance with your audience, they come along in that journey. And again, if you go back to your friends and your family, you know a lot about what maybe they haven't shared with other people and that builds trust. And so as you step through these levels of exposure, we actually have written out a whole bunch of level one exposures, level two exposures that will be the things to start this process. So it's not about going from everything is amazing to my life is terrible. It's about just dripping in level one and level two silly stuff that happens during the day, then building up to being comfortable sharing when you've had challenges in relationships, and then opening up to more serious things that again, those failures will represent your experience, which gives you legitimacy for your expertise. So start small, baby steps. Love it. Well, listen, as far as, you know, in their mix of content, you know, that they're putting out on all their different channels, whether it be blog or YouTube or LinkedIn or Twitter or wherever, is there a ratio of these types of exposure type stories versus their, what maybe what they're currently doing now, which is kind of the, the, you know, the more perfect version, let's call it, you know, is there kind of a ratio that you think about or that comes to mind as it relates to that type of content? Is it, all one, not the other, or a hybrid? What are your thoughts on that? So you should try to work to get to 50-50. And if you can get to 50-50, 50% business, 50% personal, then as you start to get more and more comfortable, it's okay to have that personal side creep up even more than 50%. And this is how you really create connections and relationships with people. So I, I, this whole concept is something that is challenging to me. It's not intuitive. It is counterintuitive. And I am trying to work to get to that 50%. And each time that I share something that is a level one or a level two, I do see that connection. And the proof is in the pudding. And that motivates me to share more and more personal things. I've gotten to a point now where if I think of something that happens, I think to myself, is this a way for me to share and ditch the act with my followers? And if it is, I then am stronger and more confident to begin to share. So most people are like at a 90 to 95%, all business, all positive things are looking good. But the more you work towards that 50-50, you really will see a difference in your engagement. You'll see a difference in the growth of following. You'll see an increase in direct messages, people that reach out and say, hey, I saw that. They'll say something personal to you. And that all results in elevating your digital footprint in a way that helps people get to know you 
And again, that'll let them like you. And once they know you and like you, you're more likely to get them to trust you. Love it. Well, listen, my friend, we got to wrap it up. I think everybody has a pretty good foundation behind the concept behind your new book, Ditch the Act. And I would highly recommend them, uh, you know, they grab it when it releases on October 25th. Let everybody know, you know, how they can connect with you, learn a little bit more about what you guys have going on over there. And in, in particular, how they can get this book once it releases. Yeah. So to check me out and all of the fun things I'm up to, you can just go to ryan.online. Super easy. Ryan.online. And to check out more information on the book, go to ditchtheact.com. And you can find Ditch, uh, which is our book's name, and it is on all social platforms at Ditch the Act. So feel free to engage with the book. If you've never tweeted at a book, now's your chance. But uh, walk into a Barnes & Noble. Hopefully in an airport, you'll see it on a rack. It's this big ginger book that should jump off the shelves. And really, at the end of the day, we're helping you see some of the most valuable advice that is hiding in plain sight. It is you. It is you being you. And the more comfortable you are with sharing the whole you, the more you can grow your business, your consulting, your services. Because at the end of the day, people want to do business with people. So get them, let them get to know you. And you do that by showing your underbelly. Love it. One, one little step at a time. <laughs> Keep it real, people. Listen, get the book. Highly recommend it. Thank you for coming on. Congrats on the book, Ryan. Ryan, I hope you have an amazing launch. I'm sure that people are going to love it. And uh, we'll talk soon, my friend. Thanks, buddy. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.